What's going on guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to another episode of Caffeinate today for November the 5th of 2018. My name is Samuel Adams and welcome to today's show. I hope that we're all doing very well and this, for those that don't know, is a daily gaming news podcast where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry and I'll let you know what's going on in one tight, neat little package for you to watch at the end of your day, at the beginning of your day, whenever you might be watching it. It's going to be the perfect piece of cake to brighten up your day. That's right. We're a piece of cake over here at youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media, or if you're watching the show live over on twitch.tv slash Samuel Adams Live, but we have a pretty packed show tonight, if I do say so myself. We have a lot of talk about BlizzCon, which of course had a lot of news coming out over the course of the weekend, but specifically around Diablo and the mobile game that has players up in arms, and not in a good way, if there is a good way to be up in arms about something. However, we are going to be talking about PlayDiablo4.com, which is a fan-made site that redirects to Path of Exile's homepage, because that's a fun little story to talk about. Blizzard is interested in the idea of Overwatch cross-platform support. On top of that, millions were watching Fortnite as a brand new event did take place in the universe. On top of that, NFL gear is coming to Fortnite. PUBG could be coming to PS4 sooner than you might think. On top of that, Konami is not rolling out a patch to make PT inaccessible. YouTube could be coming to the Switch and PlayStation Vita games have been announced as far as the best seller list of the entire console generation goes. And so that is your lineup for the day. But if you did want to stick around for all of those stories, I hope you do enjoy what you find. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into our first story of the day, which is sources that are coming from Kotaku say the Blizzard pulled Diablo 4 announcement from the BlizzCon lineup. This is a very interesting story. So, when Blizzard's sole Diablo announcement at this year's BlizzCon turned out to be a game for phones, it set off a firestorm of angry reactions from fans who had hoped for a new Diablo on PC. As it turns out, Kotaku has learned Blizzard had originally hoped to tease Diablo 4 at BlizzCon, and they pulled those teasing plans last minute. The original plan for BlizzCon 2018, according to two people familiar with Blizzard's plans, was for Blizzard to announce the mobile game Diablo Immortal and then end on a video in which company co-founder Alan Adam told the audience that a proper Diablo 4 was in development but not ready to show just yet. Instead, at last Friday's keynote, Blizzard revealed Diablo Immortal to a quiet, uncomfortable crowd and then ended the show. For most of the weekend, Diablo fans raged on online as a result expressing their anger on YouTube and various forums. There were a few reasons for the controversy, but the driving factor was that the company's sole Diablo announcement was a game that appeared to be made for a very different audience than hardcore Diablo fans. The reactions could have been very different. Blizzard changed its BlizzCon plans for Diablo at some point in the last couple of weeks, those people familiar with goings-on at Blizzard said. One of those people told me, according to Jason Schreier over at Kotaku, that the Diablo team wasn't yet ready to commit to an announcement as Diablo 4 has changed drastically over the past four years and may continue to change further. We've heard it's gone through at least two different iterations under different directors. Blizzard said it did not immediately have comment on this story. On October 17th, two weeks before BlizzCon, Blizzard put out a long blog post that essentially told fans Diablo 4 was in the works but would not be at the show. Quote, these are very exciting times. We currently have multiple teams working on different Diablo projects and we can't wait to tell you all about them when the time is right. 
And that is what the company said. We know what many of you are hoping for, and we can only say that good things come to those who wait, but evil things take longer. But even after playing down expectations, Source had said Blizzard was still looking to assure fans that Diablo 4 was in development until those plans changed. Diablo 3 launched in May of 2012, and its first and only expansion, Reaper of Souls, followed in March of 2014. Since then, new updates have been scarce, with an occasional new content patch arriving sporadically and a Necromancer character pack hitting in 2017. Last Friday, Diablo 3 also came out on the Nintendo Switch, and Blizzard has assured fans publicly that it has multiple Diablo games in development, and one of them is the game that fans are waiting for, and it was nearly announced last week. And so before we dive into my thoughts on this, Decky in the chat, what's going on? Welcome to the show. But I want to talk first about the backlash against Diablo Immortal, because let me tell you right now, or is it Immortals? Is it plural? I might have gotten that wrong. Diablo Immortal, I would think. Uh, Yeah, Diablo Immortal, that's why I thought. So diving into what's going on here, there has been such a social media backlash against this game, and I understand where fans are coming from. Now, I will say I'm not the best person to ask about this, because I'm not a hardcore Diablo fan. But from an outsider's perspective looking into this hardcore community, I understand where you're coming from. Diablo is a fantastic legendary franchise that deserves to have a sequel that fans do want and that does fulfill expectations that have been building for well over five years. With that being said, the amount of backlash over this game is absolutely ridiculous, and I want to go ahead and squash two rumors that I saw earlier today. The first of which is that this is a Diablo game being developed by the mainline Diablo team, and this is one of the main projects they are working on. No, there has been an outside source brought in to finish the development of Diablo Immortal for the phones. Let me make that very clear again. There is a separate team working on Diablo 4. You have nothing to be concerned about as far as the impact of this mobile game on the development of Diablo 4. Just laying that out there. Now, on top of that, I also want to make it very clear that this is not going to be the only Diablo announcement that you get, I would say, even in the next year or so. You are going to be seeing something pretty soon, if I had to guess, when it comes to Diablo 4, because they can't leave fans waiting now. And so, with all of that being laid out right there, I do have to say that I'm very disappointed in the way that Diablo Immortal has been received by the fans, but I will say I also understand. So, with all of that being put out there, what exactly is the future of Diablo at this point? How how is it all going to shape out after BlizzCon? And I will say that in my own personal opinion, I think that this is going to die down over the course of the next couple of months. Diablo Immortal will come out. It will probably get review bombed on the App Store and Google Play. That's just probably what's going to happen. And then people will forget about it and move on and Diablo 4 will eventually come out because if there is one thing that this entire weekend has shown, it is that the Diablo community is so incredibly passionate and ready for another game that whenever Diablo 4 does come out, if it's not even even up to fans' expectations, it's still going to sell very, very well. And hopefully after this backlash, it will be up to fans' expectations. And that's the beauty of putting out a mobile game to kind of quell people's thirst because, or quench, whatever you want to call it, because then you have a little bit of extra time. I've been wanting to say that all weekend, I apologize. But again, so much backlash around Diablo Immortal, but I do wish they had at least teased what's going on with Diablo 4. That's something that should have happened at the beginning of the show, or even to finish off the show as the plans were, apparently. So, I wish they would have done that. But again, you can't change the past, and it is what it is. But I feel very sorry for the guys over at Blizzard over this weekend. It's been very, very rough over there on social media, and even I have had some conversations with some people uh, that talked about why they were upset. I talked about why I defended the team behind Diablo Immortal, because it does look to be a pretty good game, in my opinion. I'm going to be playing it. Uh, So much discussion around this right now, but hey, 
I guess maybe any publicity is better than no publicity. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But again, BlizzCon was, for many people, a disappointment. But not for the guys over there behind the scenes at Path of Exile. Because this took off like wildfire. PlayDiablo4.com is a fan-made site that redirects to Path of Exile's homepage. Blizzard disappointed many by not announcing a core Diablo game at BlizzCon 2018 over the weekend, so fans are making one more joke at the studio's expense. In case you missed it, Blizzard closed out its BlizzCon opening ceremony with the reveal of Diablo Immortal, a mobile-only MMO that is not coming to PC. Needless to say, Diablo fans anticipating a core game announcement weren't thrilled, causing a backlash that the developer hasn't faced in a long while. As a joke, one fan bought the domain PlayDiablo4.com, only instead of directing to any of the official pages for existing Diablo games or to some sort of text message, as these tend to be, it redirects to the official site of Path of Exile. Yeah, Path of Exile is, of course, a free-to-play Diablo equivalent and an excellent one at that. For years, the game has been constantly updated with new content and remained free-to-play. Path of Exile players often cited as one of the fairest models of a free-to-play game out there. For its part, Path of Exile developer Grinding Gear decided to use this wave of interest to tease the game's upcoming expansion, and they did tweet out, in case you missed it, we'll be announcing our 3.5 expansion in less than two weeks. It's our fourth bit, uh, excuse me, it's our fourth and biggest expansion of 2018, and they can wait to share what they have been working on. But Blizzard confirmed at BlizzCon that it has multiple Diablo projects in development, as we just said, and likely uh, Diablo 4 is among those. But it's very interesting here to see PlayDiablo4.com is a fan-made site that redirects to Path of Exile, and I will back up and say that if you have not played Path of Exile and you are a fan of Diablo, Worth giving a shot. It's not exactly Diablo 4, but it is a pretty good-looking game, and one that I've played a couple of hours of. Not really my cup of tea, but something that might be worth checking out for you. Now, I will say that when it comes to this kind of backlash again, it's good to see this passion, whether it be misplaced, whether it be misguided, whether it be violent in some cases. Uh, the passion that is within this community means that Diablo is going to be around for a very long time. And so I think that the next generation, if you will, of Diablo fans is going to be right at home whenever Diablo 4 does launch. And those that are brought in by the mobile game Diablo Immortal will be right there at home as well. And so we'll see when the game actually does end up coming out. Now, I did want to mention during this Path of Exile little bit that I've got going on here, the game was just announced for the PlayStation 4 as well. So if you want to dive into that, it should be coming out in a couple of months over there on the PS4 if you might not be a PC player. And I'm sure that eventually it might come to Xbox One. No confirmation as of yet, but I would bet it might be on its way. And so we'll see what happens. But Blizzard is interested in the idea of Overwatch cross-platform support, and they are having conversations. Could be good for those fans of competitive Overwatch that might have fans on a different platform. Overwatch would be another perfect fit for cross-platform support now that Sony is starting to allow it. But is Blizzard actively working on making uh, cross-platform matchmaking a reality for Overwatch players on consoles? The answer is not as straightforward as you'd hope. Game director Jeff Kaplan spoke to Eurogamer at BlizzCon 2018 over the weekend, and the question of cross-play now naturally came up. Asked directly if Blizzard is working on enabling cross-platform support in Overwatch, Kaplan said, we're super excited about what's going on with crossplay in all sorts of different games, from Rocket League to Fortnite, and we are constantly in discussions with the first parties, Microsoft and Sony, to see where they're at and gauge where their temperature is at. It's something I would be very exciting for us to pursue. When pressed for a more def definite answer, I almost said definitive, same thing answer, Kaplan noted it's complicated process, but reiterated 
that the developer is interested in the feature. We are definitely having conversations that we're interested in the thought of it, said Kaplan. It's very complicated from a technology standpoint, a game design standpoint, and from a business relationship standpoint, but we would be excited to tackle all those challenges. We would love to try it. We're gamers. Why can't my buddies on this system or that system play together? We sympathize with that, and we want to be able to do that too. That doesn't necessarily make it sound like the studio is actively working towards the goal, but Kaplan at least didn't rule out the possibility completely. And of course, there is a brand new hero that has come to Overwatch, technically two heroes, if you did want to call it Ash and Echo. Only Ash is playable, however, and she is now in the PTR if you did want to check her out on the PC, and I believe there might be a PTR on PS4 and Xbox One as well. Can't really remember if I'm being honest with you. But it's good to hear that they are having conversations about crossplay because when it comes down to the year of 2018, when it comes down to where we are as a modern gaming society, crossplay should be a thing going forward between, between PS4 and Xbox One. It should be a thing definitely for every game that comes out between the PlayStation 5 and whatever the next Xbox may be. It's something that should quite frankly happen. And of course, PC and Switch integration is going to be in that mix as well. But now that Sony has finally opened up the floodgates and allowed a couple of games to kind of trickle through, this is when you're going to be seeing a lot of games make that jump and a lot of people start to have these discussions. So again, cross-platform play is something that should be going on and I'm glad to see it finally beginning to take root. And I will definitely be checking out some Overwatch stuff over the next few weeks because believe it or not after seeing some of the stuff at blizzcon i do actually want to go back and check out overwatch because i haven't played it in over a year and it could be a pretty pretty good time However, speaking of a game that has cross-platform compatibility, millions watched Fortnite's stunning end of the Halloween live event. And it is a very impressive end, if I do say so myself. Fortnite just wrapped up its Halloween event and its months-long Purple Cube storyline with a brilliant and baffling live event. More than 2 million people were watching on YouTube and another 1.5 million on Twitch as a unique butterfly effect moment played out for everyone in the game. For months, the cube, nicknamed Kevin by fans, has been rumbling around Fortnite's map in real time, causing trouble ripping up part of Lude Lake and transporting it in a vortex around the map and sparking the Halloween monsters players have been fending off over the past couple of weeks. As of tonight, however, Kevin is no more. At 6 p.m. UK time this evening, Kevin detonated, spinning itself into a death spiral before shattering as every Fortnite player's screen turned bright white from the explosion. A second later, every player found themselves floating in a bizarre energy vortex, every other player on their server also visible, and then a butterfly appeared. The pattern on its wings, similar to that of a rift, from the last season which spawned Kevin in the first place. As your character reached out to touch the butterfly, everyone must suddenly return to a changed Fortnite map. In place of the new Leaky Lakes floating island, the area now has an idyllic Stonehenge-inspired set of islands with calming music and rainbows. The influence of Kevin the Cube has been banished for now. And essentially, that's what you got. You've got this kind of Stonehenge-looking kind of thing where Loot Lake used to be, and it is a very interesting change of the map. And again, something that is just incredible to watch, really, when it comes down to what's been going on in Fortnite. Just the way that they've been able to craft this storyline, just the way that they've been able to change everything about the game over the course of the past few weeks it has been absolutely insane and who would have thought just thinking back to a year ago that fortnite could become this complex this strange and have this much lore surrounding it between the skins and between this rift stuff and the butterfly effect it's all very strange to me and hopefully loot lake is going to be maybe a new center for combat maybe it could be something very interesting more than it was before and of course it had already been a little bit more interesting after 
after the changes that were made in, I believe, Season 3, if I remember correctly. Could be wrong about that one. But a lot coming to the world of Fortnite over the next few weeks as more changes are made and a fall event does kick off tomorrow. And I'll let you guys know what is going on with that. Also, to Spike Tiger in the chat, getting caffeinated and fully wired. It is a magic Monday indeed. But if you did want to dive back into Fortnite again, this is going on right now on the PS4, the Xbox One, the PC, the Switch, and mobile platforms. If you did want to check out the sensation that has been sweeping the nation. And for you football fans out there, you might want to check out what is coming to Fortnite itself. Because NFL gear and skins are coming to Fortnite. The National Football League and Epic Games are partnering up to bring NFL team outfits to Fortnite according to a press release. Fortnite players will be able to purchase and customize up to eight in-game outfits in the Battle Royale item shop starting on Friday, November the 9th at 4 p.m. Pacific time. With the purchase of an outfit, players can choose a uniform modeled after any of the 32 NFL League teams. The outfits are available as both female and male characters, and once a user purchases an outfit, they can customize the number on the jersey between 1 and 99. This is the first time Epic Games partnered on in-game outfits with another company, and Mark Ryan, co-founder of Epic Games, expressed his enthusiasm for the new NFL team outfits and what it will mean for NFL fans who play Fortnite. Quote, we have so many football fans at Epic, and we know a lot of the game's fans share that same enthusiasm, said Ryan. Allowing our players to represent their favorite teams in the game was too cool of an opportunity for us to pass up, and we couldn't be happier with how they turned out. Brian Rolap? I believe is how you say that last name, Chief Media and Business Officer at the NFL, commented on the new partnership and opportunity. We see the popularity of Fortnite every day at the NFL, as many of our players are passionate about this game, Rollapp said. This partnership represents a great opportunity for millions of NFL fans who are Fortnite players to express their fandom inside the game, while at the same time exposing our brand to countless others. And so again, if you did want to dive in, there is a brand new set of skins coming to the Fortnite game near you, and they do look pretty good i will say out of all of the teams of course panthers are the best you should definitely get the panthers outfit but pretty cool to see that they are doing this collaboration and as i tweeted earlier today who knows how much money this took this is a big chunk of change that they're throwing down here for this collaboration who's paying that's up to decide like i don't really know the nfl or fortnite i would say that maybe fortnite paid to have the you know jerseys and the likenesses in their game but at the same time i could see where fortnite has gotten big enough to where the nfl might have paid them some money i don't know which way it's going to be going who really knows here but as of right now if you didn't want to dive on to fortnite again it is out there on the ps4 the xbox one the switch mobile phones and pc if you did want to check it out and you can also check out that diablo on your mobile phone as well when that rolls out in the next couple of weeks if you're not too far gone from that announcement but speaking of a Battle Royale game, there is a big rumor going around, and it's that PUBG is going to be coming to PS4, and servers suggest imminent game awards announcement that could be coming as soon as next month. The Battle Royale game PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds has received a number of indicators that the currently Xbox and PC exclusive title may be heading to the PS4 soon. Back in September, a ratings leak in Korea potentially revealed a December 2018 PS4 release for PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Currently, PUBG is only available for Xbox One and PC, but in the wake of PS4 ratings leak, both a game icon and dashboard 
stored image of the game have appeared on an official PlayStation server. In another development, Nyko partners analyst Daniel Ahmad, whom is usually privy to unannounced information, reported through Reset Era that a PlayStation 4 version of PUBG will be out next month and that it will be an out-now release revealed at the Game Awards 2018 on December the 6th. They might also announce its actual existence earlier, he also said. For those of you who are not aware, PUBG is a Battle Royale multiplayer phenomenon made by Brendan Green, whom is arguably the godfather of Battle Royale games today, with its official mods for both DayZ and Arma 3, where Fortnite retains a heavy focus on construction to achieve victory, PUBG forges crafting in favor of a more realistic, militaristic approach to Battle Royale. You parachute onto an island with 99 other players at the same time, but your survival will depend more on obtaining armor and weapons, as well as modifications for those weapons like sights, silencers, etc. You will also find plenty of uses for a frying pan. How do PlayStation users feel about this potential announcement? It is a waste of time with Fortnite and Black Ops 4, or is this something you have been hoping for? And you can let the guys over at PlayStationLifestyle.net and, you know, let them let them know what you think about all of that. But as of right now, first off in the chat, we have Wazoo saying, hi, this is the place to be if I've just made a cup of coffee, without a doubt. Catch up on the gaming news of the day. Welcome, my friend, to the show. Uh, But of course, with PUBG being an Xbox and PC exclusive, the time is now to make it come and really, you know, flourish over here on the PlayStation 4, because right now you have a beginning of a waning period, I do believe, with Battle Royale. Of course, Fortnite is still doing very, very well, according to the previous article. Uh, It was just about at 2.53 million viewers whenever the big Fortnite cube exploded a couple of days back. And so with 3 million people paying attention to what's going on nearly, that's something you don't shake a stick at. That's something that is very, very impressive. And so with PUBG beginning to wane in popularity just a little bit, still a good game, but just a little bit, if you did want to maintain the prominence, you do have to come out on every platform you possibly can. And so with PUBG dominating mobile right now, I mean, not in comparison to Fortnite, but still doing very well on mobile, I would love to see the game come to PS4 and I might even pick it up a second time. I think that it could be a pretty good move over there from the guys over at Player Unknown's Battlegrounds Studio, which I believe is PUBG Corp now, it used to be Blue Hole, but Times have changed, and now the game could come to PS4, and I would love to see that. And I hope that you guys do end up enjoying PUBG as well. I think that even if you have played a good bit of Fortnite, if you played a good bit of Black Ops 4, I personally believe that PUBG still does offer a nice little piece of content that the other games, quite frankly, can't really achieve. There is something very special about what they have over there at PUBG Corp. And I'm a big, big fan of it. Also, to Wazoo in the chat, I appreciate you very much. Thank you for being here. However, moving on to a follow-up story from a story that we talked about last week. Despite reports, Konami are not rolling out patches to make PT inaccessible. And of course, this is the playable teaser from the cancelled Silent Hills project. Likely some goofy Halloween prank. Last week, word started circulating around the internet when Konami were rolling out stealth patches on PS4 designed to locate consoles that still had what might have been demo of PT installed and rendering the creepy game unplayable. Well, it turns out this is not true with Konami. Konami themselves issuing the following simple statement sent to website DualShockers. Quote, After our investigation, we can't confirm that there have been no Konami or PlayStation Network updates that would have affected or prevent access to the game. So, for those fortunate enough to still have this scary piece of gaming history downloaded to your PS4, you can rent, excuse me, rest easy, knowing that it is going to be sticking around for now at any rate. And of course, as I said earlier in the week, we did have the confirmation that some people were beginning to experience some issues with the 
the PT on their PlayStation 4s. And that is a big, big issue because so many people have been selling their consoles on eBay, making a lot of money just to keep this piece of gaming history alive. And so it did appear for a brief moment that Konami was actually fighting against that, trying to get more people to kind of bail and move on and leave it behind because they were, quite frankly, appearing to take it off of people's consoles. But thankfully, they were not actually doing that. And that would have been very disappointing if they were, because what you have here, and I'll say this every time this game comes up, is a piece of gaming history. And I'm somebody that loves the gaming historian kind of thing, where you do look back and see where we have come as an industry. And I think PT is a very interesting piece of history, because it's right in the midst of the Konami versus Kojima battle that went down a couple of years back. And of course, that has shaped how a lot of the industry has moved forward. Of course, Konami has not recovered from that very well at all. Uh, Kojima, on the other hand, has a established a brand new pretty much lineup if you will a brand new uh, persona in a way and really started putting all of his efforts towards Death Stranding and of course becoming pretty much an internet icon which is pretty impressive if I do say so myself and so I think that it's very important to keep this as a playable piece of history for as many people as possible to be able to make sure this does not die is something that I feel is incredibly important especially when it comes to five ten years down the line we need to be able to have this and I'm sure that many, many people have probably saved this in some way, shape, or form beyond what I am capable of in my own simple kind of standings, but still something that should be considered when it comes to gaming history if you are into that kind of thing. Because I'm a big fan of the idea that games are art and they should be saved whenever possible, especially when it comes to stuff that is as good looking as the playable trailer, because let me tell you right now, it looks really good. That thing is terrifying to me. And there was a fan remake revealed earlier this week, if you did want to check that out, a story that we aren't talking about here, but one that will probably be shut down pretty soon after it is released, because Konami, man, what can you do? What can you do? But if you did want to watch the playable teaser played then you might want to download YouTube on your Nintendo Switch, which could be coming out in just a couple of days. Could be pretty interesting. So YouTube might come to the Switch on November the 8th, three days from this stream slash this podcast, which is uploaded on youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media or anchor.fm slash Samuel Adams if you did want to check it out. But you haven't had many options for streaming video on the Switch. There's Nikoniko, I believe in Japan, Hulu, and well, that's about it. Another option might be right around the bend. However, in the wake of hints from this spring, people searching Nintendo's website for games have received suggestions for a Switch native YouTube app that will be available on November the 8th. You can't currently visit a product page for it, but the listing itself speaks volumes. An imminent app release certainly wouldn't be out of the question. Google is still determined to make YouTube near ubiquitous, and Nintendo is no stranger to YouTube apps on systems like the 3DS and the Wii U. Wouldn't it only make sense to release the app on a touchscreen console that's practically made for it? Question mark? Absolutely it would. Still, it could be huge news for the Switch if the listing is accurate. The device has never really been an honest-to-goodness media player for many people, but that might change with a YouTube on tap. And while many people already have YouTube on phones or tablets, many kids don't. This might be the easiest way for young ones who want to both watch and play games on one system achieve that goal. And so if you are looking forward to seeing YouTube over there on the Nintendo Switch, keep your eyes peeled on November the 8th because it very well could be dropping on a Nintendo Switch near you. 
And hopefully this will end up being true because I think YouTube could do very well, especially as this article said, for the kids on the Switch. Now, whenever I was actively using my PlayStation Vita, of course, there was a YouTube app on it. It was okay. You know, it wasn't something where it was my go-to way to watch YouTube content, but it was still there and it was accessible. And so I had other options of how to watch YouTube content. I would go on laptops, tablets, whatever I might have, and watch a YouTube video or two. Now, for fans that are younger, for fans that might not have access to phones, tablets, etc., this might be the best way for them to watch YouTube content, and so give the people what they want, let them eat cake, and go ahead and release this app. It's not that hard, it's a touch screen, you just throw a little virtual keyboard on there, as all the apps have, and boom, you're good to go. Make those views skyrocket. Come over to youtube.com slash samueladamsmedia. No, I'm just kidding, but if you did want to check it out, again, keep your eyes peeled on November the 8th, because it very well could be the next big app over there on the Nintendo Switch eShop. And I'll definitely let you guys know if it does end up being a reality by this coming weekend. And speaking of the PlayStation Vita, as we just said, one of my favorite systems of all time, the NPD has revealed the top-selling U.S. Vita games list, and it's not pretty, according to the guys over at PlayStationLifestyle.net. The Vita is known by many as the little handheld that could. Seemingly against all odds, the Vita kept on pushing through, maintaining a loyal yet relatively small fan base. The MPD group recently revealed the 10 best-selling Vita titles in the United States, and the decision to end production on the Vita is becoming a little more clear. Here, my friends, are the best-selling Vita games on the list in the U.S., and of course, this is of all time. Number one, Uncharted Golden Abyss. Number two, Call of Duty Black Ops Declassified. Number three, Assassin's Creed Liberation. Number four, Mortal Kombat 2011. Number five, Little Big Planet. Number six, Need for Speed Most Wanted 2012. Number seven, Killzone Mercenary. Number eight, Persona 4 Golden. Number nine, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. And number 10, Unit 13. Perhaps the most fascinating yet upsetting thing about this list is that these are all very early Vita titles. Killzone Mercenary is the only title released outside of 2012 to make it on this list, and that released in 2013. In addition, these are all high-profile console-quality games that the Vita promised in its early years. It later became a haven for JRPGs and indie games, though the only RPG on the list is Persona 4 Golden. In addition, recent-era admin X, I believe is how you say that, chimed in with some somewhat shocking news. Uncharted Golden Abyss only managed to sell around 400,000 units in its entire lifetime. When combined, the sales for all 10 games is roughly that of Marvel's Spider-Man on the PlayStation 4 during the almost two months after its September 7, 2018 launch. It may not have necessarily been a sales success, but the Vita is beloved by many. Despite the struggles it faced in its lifetime, the Vita managed to carve itself a place in history. And as I always say, I have mine sitting literally right beside me. I love and still do love the PlayStation Vita. It is a fantastic piece of hardware in my personal opinion. Now I will say, breaking down this list, I understand what's going on here. Uncharted Golden Abyss was a launch title on the PlayStation Vita that was fantastic, loved everything about it, could have played it again and again, had really good mechanics. A couple of gimmicky parts, for instance, whenever you're walking across a log over a waterfall, you have to kind of balance the PlayStation Vita because of that kind of gyro mechanic it had going on in it. Didn't need that, could have forgone that. Also, weird back touchscreen controls, wasn't big on that. That was, that was kind of gimmicky as well, but still a fantastic game hidden in there. Black Ops Declassified was a turd in a bucket. It was awful. It was terrible. I, I hated it. Assassin's Creed Liberation. 
good enough to go on to get an HD remake, and I believe it's out now on the PlayStation 4, or it's coming out with the Odyssey Season Pass. Something along those lines, coming out soon, but again, good enough to be, you know, remade. Pretty good stuff there. Now, I will say Mortal Kombat, I had it, didn't really play it that much. Again, not a big fighting games guy. Little Big Planet, I mean, it's Little Big Planet, it is what it is. Need for Speed Most Wanted, strange one to be on the list. Now we're getting into the good stuff. Number seven, Killzone Mercenary, fantastic. The best shooter that I played for a very long time. I really, really enjoyed Killzone Mercenary, and not only that, it did multiplayer well on the PlayStation Vita. It was an effective shooter that did its job, and that's something that's very hard to do on a handheld device, and they did it incredibly well over there, and sad to say that studio behind that game has now shut down. Wish there had been more work of that nature on the PlayStation Vita. Persona 4 Golden. Not sure where I was going with that. That was a noise that I made. But Persona 4 Golden, of course, it is a JRPG. Big, big following for this game. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Again, not a big fighting games guy, but I do respect it. And 10, Unit 13, Zipper Interactive is pretty much final big project that they worked on. Very impressive game. One of the first games that I finished through and through on the PlayStation Vita. Very big fan of that one. And one that I feel is also very underappreciated, if I do say so myself. And so, with all these things being taken into account, what's going on with this list here? Essentially, it shows where there were good games that did come out on the device, but it's also kind of outweighed by the fact that some of these mainline big franchises just kind of took over at the end of the day. I mean, Need for Speed, why was that on the top 10? I guess because some other games weren't as deserving or not as well-known when it comes down to it. Again, I believe that Persona 4 Golden is one that really does shine through as one of the genuine best-selling games on the Vita. I think Uncharted Golden Abyss does earn its spot as number one, but again, Call of Duty Black Ops Declassified, not nearly one of the best games on the Vita, and so it is what it is here, but again, interesting list for the top ten here, and something that I thought was worth talking about on today's episode of Caffeinate. And that does wrap it up for today's episode of Cabinet. If you guys hanging out with me live on Twitch enjoyed the show, be sure to click that follow button if you happen to be new here. I do see we got a couple of new followers for the show, and I'm glad to see you guys here. Now, if you might be listening to the podcast version of the show or watching the VOD later on, you can always join me live over on twitch.tv slash Samuel Adams Live five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, if you did want to check out the hottest gaming news of the day. Now, quick announcement. Tomorrow is election day, and so number one, get out there and vote. Whatever your beliefs are, whatever you might be affiliated with party-wise, it is completely irrelevant. Just go vote. Make your voice heard. I would appreciate that very much. Again, it's not my choice for you. I've already voted, but you should get out there and do it too. With that being said, of course, I do work at a news station as an intern, so I will say... I'm not going to be here tomorrow night. There is not going to be an episode of Caffeinate tomorrow night. I know, crushing, but hey, duty calls and duty dolls? Sure, why not? Duty calls, and I will be there at the station. But again, shows will pick up Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time right here on twitch.tv slash Samuel Adams Live. But that is enough of my stuff for the day. I hope you guys have a fantastic one. I love you very much, and I will talk to you soon. Peace.